This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast with me, Joe Rimmer. I'm standing in for Ian Doyle today, who's completing his holiday. He is back just in time for Sunday's game. Um, alongside me today, I've got three lovely gentlemen all ready to discuss the big game with Manchester United. To my right, introducing first, hailing from the Isle of Sheppey, and weighing in at about six stone, five stone, six stone. <laughs> Nine and a half, uh, on a good day. Is Connor done? Hello, Connor. Hello, Joe. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, it's our Christmas night out tonight, so we're recording this early. Are you looking forward to it, Connor? Can't wait. I am a massive pop world fiend. You are going to set the pace, aren't you, tonight? Yeah, I'll be out. I'll be out to the final small hours, and then in work tomorrow should be really fun. Yeah. What is your favourite Christmas song? What will you be dancing to tonight? Ooh, probably what I want for Christmas because it's a big one. Yeah, big, big one. Across the way from me, hailing from some village down south, which I'm not too <laughs> sure about, but fighting out of Bolton is Theo Squires. How are you, Theo? I'm good, Joe. I'll just ask you how you are again. I'm, I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine. What's your favourite Christmas song? I'm a bit of a Scrooge. I'm not massively into my Christmas songs, I'm afraid. Oh, come on. Though a few drinks in later at Popboard, I'm sure that will change. Yeah, I'm sure it will. And to my left, the main event of the evening, <laughs> hailing out of Bath by way of Bristol. It's your full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away. James Pearce, how are we, James? Not too bad, Joe. Yourself? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. What's your favourite Christmas song, James? <sighs> Yeah, I do like a bit of Mariah Carey this time of year. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd have to go with that. I'd say that's my least favourite Christmas what? song. Yeah, I think it's really overdone. You, you're you're a Slade man? No, no, I like... <laughs> do you know, I like, I like 2,000 Miles. Very big fan of that. Don't make me sing it, James. Don't don't pull a face. How does that don't go? I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to sing it. I like Spaceman Came Travelling. Oh, I, like, I do. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's I actually good. played that in the kitchen last night. I played it in the kitchen last night, yeah. We weren't in the same. If we'd kitchen. open our windows, yeah. we might have been able to hear each other. We don't other. live far away. I also liked cute. Paul Ghost um, reminded me of Il Duccio Dublio by Mike Oldfield. Go and listen to it. Not familiar with that one. Well, to everyone at home and to all three of you, go and listen to it. Let's talk about United and not Christmas songs anymore. Anyway, right. We're doing this before Jurgen Klopp's press conference, but let's start with a bit of injury news that we found out about this morning. Brought to you, brought to you by James Pierce himself was uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold is set to miss um, probably a little bit of a chunk of this festive period. Uh, that foot injury picked up against Napoli is um, not so good. What's the latest on him, James? Yeah, not good news. Um, you know, I don't think a great surprise that he's not going to be fit for Sunday. I think anyone who could see the discomfort he was in after yeah. the game the other night knew that that was always unlikely to be back in time for, for United. But yeah, Liverpool don't expect him either to be, to be fit for Wolves. And then it's just a case of seeing how he responds to treatment after that. Um, you know, a couple of weeks was what I was told. They expect to be without him, um, and they'll be desperately hoping. He, you know, it, it's no longer than that because obviously they come so thick and fast over over Christmas with Newcastle on on Boxing Day, and then Arsenal, um, and then you know before we know it, early in the new year that that crunch showdown at the Etihad. So um, yeah, it's been a, a bleak week for Liverpool in terms of injury news. Obviously, you know, you think midweek last week losing Joe Gomez for six weeks then losing Joe Matip to that broken collarbone earlier on this week and now Trent it does leave Klopp down to the bare bones defensively Klopp must have ran over a black cat or something mustn't he because it it has been a a week of really ill luck in terms of injuries Uh, but do you think Trent is almost the worst of the three in the sense that they don't I know they have Klein and I know Milner's played there but they don't have a great deal of options at right back no, no well obviously 
you know, Gomez was the the kind of yeah. the go-to man when Klopp felt that he needed to ease the workload on on Trent Alexander-Arnold. And I think what was only this time last week at Melbourne when Klopp was actually talking then about in the wake of losing Gomez, he was worried about the workload that he would have to place on Trent, and then responded by playing James Milner at right back at Bournemouth. Um, yeah, it is a worry because you know obviously in terms of the centre backs, Day and Lovren will come into the side, I'm sure, to to partner Virgil Van Dijk, but they're the only two senior centre half still standing and then there's been a lot of talk this week about Nat Phillips a young player who impressed mm-hmm. Klopp massively in pre-season but he's had injury issues as well he hasn't played for the 23s since the mini derby at Goodison last month Connor Masterson who was around the first team squad towards the end of last uh, season uh, was on the bench for that quarter final against Man City um, you know he has been fit of late I'd imagine he would be the next in, in line um, he played for the 23s I think it was against Arsenal last week but you know, again, it's a massive, massive step up. I think mm-hmm. I think Klopp would turn to you know like Fabino. I think maybe to to play centre half before he went down the the youth route. Um, and yeah, if, I mean the, the the big thing for me is can Lovren stay fit during this period? Because you look at his record of he doesn't seem to get big injuries, no, but he just gets little niggling injuries that seem to keep him out for a week, ten days here and there. And I think he's only started six games in all comps this season. Um, and suddenly, you know, he becomes very, very important to Klopp again. James, everyone's going to ask, so let's get this out of the way now. Transfer window. Do you think Klopp could do anything about these injuries? I think I think the only thing that he might do would be similar to what he did with the Stephen Corker one three years ago yeah. is a loan. I don't think, yeah. because Gomez, Gomez should be back mid-January, Matip back end of January. He's not going to go and spend... Doesn't make a lot of sense. He's not going to spend 50 million quid on a centre-half yeah. for, for essentially three weeks when you know he's got four centre backs that he's yeah. very happy with, yeah. um, so no, I'd, the only, only thing that makes you know, I'm sure it's something that will be discussed. The, the club will be asked about, um, but yeah, I do wonder whether you know, especially if he was to lose another one, then I think he would have to look at some kind of short term fix. Okay, right back, Connor. James Milner played there against Bournemouth. Um, it was his 500th Premier League appearance, and he equipped himself well at right back. Would you have any qualms about throwing him in there again against Man United? No, absolutely not. Um, obviously, wherever he fills in, he never really sticks out and it just looks like he's played there forever, um, which is obviously a massive positive to his versatility. It's a massive, you know, cue to have him in your sides. Uh, but I think what will help him as well, we were just discussing beforehand, that it looks like Martial is going to be out for Man United. So I think without his pace running down the left, I think Milner's going to be able to cope a bit better as well, yeah. which I think is a massive positive. But then in that right-back position, you've also got Rafa Camacho, Um who he's got to be looking at, I think, as to come into either like on, on the bench to replace if anything happens at right back. He's or, been in and around the bench yeah, recently, hasn't he? Was exactly. he in a squad recently? Rings a bell, I'm pretty um, sure. Yeah, he was yeah, exactly. on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Travelled um, to Europe before on the Champions yeah. League games, I think. Yeah. Theo, if not Rafa Camacho, if not James Milner, they do still have uh, an orthodox right back in Nathaniel Klein. Uh, as you pointed out before, Trent Alexander Arnold made his debut against Man United. Could this open the door for Nathaniel Klein? Yeah, it's a funny way, isn't it? We've um, seen him return to training this week mm-hmm. and it's like all these seasons so far, last season as well, he's been the forgotten man. Um, I think everyone's probably assuming he's either going to go in January or in the summer. You wrote a piece about it, didn't you? Oh, a few weeks ago, James. Um, but he has done a competent job before at Loughborough the past, before these injuries. He was arguably England's first choice right back, rivaling uh, Kyle Walker. It's just not happened for him since. Yeah, it takes time for players to get back to fitness, but if he's given that chance, yeah, he could get back in, he could impress again. He's just 
not the same player he was. And Liverpool have grown in that time without mm-hmm. him the same way that Adam Alana's not fitting in now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you really want to throw him in out of so long, out injured against Manchester United? Probably not. I'd probably lean towards James Milner. But over a busy festive period, it's good to have that option. But isn't that the problem now, Connor? Is that you've got someone like Klein and you might want to get him back in. But every game's massive for Liverpool now. And Klopp probably wants to pick a team that he knows he can rely upon. So is that a problem for Klein getting back in? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's always going to affect whether you're going to be picked or not if you haven't had any Premier League minutes. Playing for the under-23s here and there is not going to stand you in like good enough stead to play against Man United and Man City in the, years, like in the new year. Um, I think, you know, Matip showed really well how he's kept himself, you know, in the mix and yeah. ready to play. I'm not sure if Klein will have done the same. Um, you would hope so. But then if you look at how Lalana came back into it, he just seemed to be off the pace of the first few games really, didn't he? Mm. So I think Klein will struggle to get back in, to be honest. Yeah, OK. Well, Jose Mourinho was just doing his press conference um, as we speak, really. Um, I, th- I think he'd probably be finished it by now, but before we came into this pod, uh, he still managed to slip in a little dig about Jürgen Klopp, didn't he, James? He said something about winning trophies. Um, he loves a dig, doesn't he, Mourinho? <laughs> but is, it, is this Liverpool's best chance in a, a while to shove those words back down his throat? Because Klopp hasn't beaten him in the league yet. Yeah, I had, looking at the stats, and I think Jürgen Klopp's come up against 26 teams in the Premier League and he's beaten 25 of them. United are, are the one that he hasn't managed to put one over. Of course, they had that Europa League win over them that was memorable in, in Klopp's first season. But um, yeah, they've, they've, they've been an issue for, for Liverpool since Klopp took over. Um, you know, Liverpool haven't even scored against United in the last three league meetings at Anfield and that 1-0 defeat. Um, and then two goalless draws the last couple of seasons um so yeah I think you know it hasn't got that that kind of edge to it that you get when two teams at the top of the table are going head to head because in the grand scheme of things the United are almost an irrelevance to Liverpool this season they're so far between them I think was it 16 points the gap at the moment um you have to go back to like March 1990 for the last time Liverpool were that far ahead of United going into a league game um so you know, you know, I think what Mourinho said last week, United need a miracle just to get top four while Liverpool are enjoying their best start to a top flight season ever. But none of that will really count for anything to come four o'clock on Sunday because we know what Mourinho is like. You know, he, his record against Liverpool is very impressive. I mean, you think, you know, he hasn't lost to Anfield since that Champions League semi-final with Chelsea in 2007. Um, obviously, the, the, the kind of the wounds are still raw from what, you know, the, the Chelsea result that they got at Anfield in 2014. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a huge game, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you do get the feeling that United are there for the taking as well. Because I, I, I don't, from what I've seen of United recently, they don't look as if they've got it in them to come and sh- completely shut the game down like Mourinho has done in in recent times. Do you, do you think that's the case, Theo? Do you think do you think we're perhaps overlooking Mourinho's ability to somehow grind out a result like that? Yeah, he's ground out these results against Liverpool so many times in the past. And there's still, if United can't compete for trophies or they're not going to compete for top four, then this game means something to them. Um, If they win, they're probably knocking Liverpool off top spot. So that gives them that extra something to play for. Um, We talk about this uh, record Klopp's got against Mourinho. I think um, his first Premier League win was against Chelsea. It was probably the final nail in Mourinho's Chelsea coffin. So there's that little bit of context there that Mourinho won't want history to repeat itself. He's still fighting for this United job and he loves silencing Liverpool. We saw in uh, 2005, the League Cup final, turning around, shushing the fans. 
he will be up for this game. He'll have his players up for this game and it's a real chance for them to make a point. It's a bit role reversal, isn't it, Connor, from what we were, well, certainly for someone my age growing up in the 90s and the, the noughties, what you were used to is Liverpool battling for a place in the top four and then United being at the top and it feels now in a quite quick space of time that that is role reversal. Liverpool are at the top and now United are, are battling. Um, is that something that is a bit strange to you? How do you, how do you see this game going? Yeah, of course. Um, obviously, a few years younger than you as well. So I've Just only ever really <laughs> remembered, you know, Ferguson's United and Liverpool, you know, as you say, fighting for that place in the top four. Um, it's a lovely position to be in. Yeah. Um, and I think I saw people saying it on Twitter the other night, people that I follow who are of similar age to me. Not that I want to rub that in anyone's faces, but... but are, you, are you a third <clears throat> of James's age? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, he's pushing 60. <laughs> but it's just they're saying like their dads and were saying to them that this is what it was like to watch Liverpool back in the 80s and things when they were dominating mm. and sitting at the top and going unbeaten, having so much confidence in the team. It's obviously amazing to see. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Sunday. Yeah, James, four years ago today, you'd have been there. Uh, Brendan Rodgers took his Liverpool side to Old Trafford. Um, it was when he played three at the back and they were beaten 3-0. They actually played fairly well, if you remember, but uh, in the yellow kit. But if you think back then, it's been such a role reversal. What what have Liverpool done in the, in the last four years to turn this on its head, this rivalry? Can you pinpoint the big factors that yeah, Liverpool have got right and United well, have got I think, wrong? I think the biggest factor that Liverpool have got very right and United have got very wrong is recruitment. Because yeah. you look at you look at what the way that Klopp has completely overhauled the squad he inherited. Um, and you know, Mourinho, you know, he was banging on all summer, wasn't he? About you know, I was over in the States when both clubs were doing their tours and obviously they met in Michigan um, in, in, in that great game in, in, the, in the big house, 101,000 there for that. And the contrast between the two managers was absolutely huge then because you had Mourinho was going around sniping about Liverpool all the time. I think you know, one of his quotes was, oh, you know, look at Liverpool, they're buying everyone and everything. Yeah, I mean. um, maybe this season you'll demand that they have to win, was what he said to the media, um, that they have to be a big candidate because of the money they've spent. Yeah, he completely overlooks the fact that they've, Klopp and Mourinho have actually spent very similar amounts of money since... Mourinho came in in the, the summer of 2016. I think, I think Klopp spent just over 400 million. I think Mourinho spent 385, 390 million. So very similar. The difference is that Klopp's net spend is about 120 million. Mourinho's is over 300 million. What would the net net spend boys say? Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. They probably wouldn't be very happy actually about no, that. No, not, not big enough that net spend. No. Liverpool should have sold players much cheaper to uh, to get the net spend yeah. up. Um, yeah. But um, no, you. you that, that's why it just doesn't wash this thing with Mourinho that, you know, he, again, he's tried it today, peddling this thing of, you know, I'll look at the investment at Liverpool, you know, we, you know, if only, you know, we, we were able to do that. Well, you, you know, you take the summer as an example, obviously he moaned a lot. He didn't get the centre-half he wanted. You know, at one point they were getting God in, they were getting Harry Maguire. It didn't was, happen. They were bringing in God. They were getting God <laughs> exactly, in. Exactly. Yeah, they they God need on. God. Um, I'm sure Robbie Fowler could yeah. do a job there. Anyway. <laughs> and... Um, but he's, you know, I'm not surprised that United wouldn't back him because you know what was Bailey thirty odd million, Lindelof yeah. thirty odd yeah. million, so he, he spent a huge amount of money on on areas, and then he he kind of throws his arm up and says, oh, I haven't got any options there. Um, whilst Klopp, you know, you look at, you know, I don't, you know, where, what have been the bad buys that Klopp has made? Probably the only one you'd say is Carrius, who was four million pound, yeah. which you know is absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. So. Yeah, that's been the the biggest difference. The fact that 
they've both spent vast sums of money. I mean, United are paying nearly half a million pound a week for Alexis Sanchez. Um, he so, barely gets a lock in, does he? No, no. And, you know, 90 odd million on Pogba. He's failed miserably to get the best out of him. United fans don't even want him to play. So, no, no I, don't, I don't think he will play, will he? You know, because he played in midweek and was, was really, terrible in poor, their defeat to Valencia. Um, and you look at the, just the contrasting way they treat young players as well, the way that Klopp has got the absolute best out of someone like Alexander Arnold and, and always, you know, deflects any criticism from his players, you know, onto himself or whatever, defends them. Whilst Mourinho is just, you know, you look at the way he treats Rashford um, and how he's, you know, that Rashford is, you know, you, with him, you get the impression he would flourish so much under a manager like Klopp. Um, you know, they're just two contrasting personalities. And from what we saw in pre-season, I'm not surprised at all that six months down the line, there's this gulf between them in the Premier League table. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at that United team then, obviously we're used to a United team that's so solid defensively, but they don't seem to have that. Where do you think this game will be won and lost? Do you think it's up to Liverpool to get at that back line? And and what is what was their greatest strength has probably become their greatest weakness, isn't it? I think um, their defence has been there for the sake of for a number of years. The only difference is David De Gea has been unstoppable um, this season. He hasn't. He's been making mistakes. He's been gifting sides goals, starting from the Euros. Um, how many times in the past have we seen Liverpool pushing, knocking at the door, only to be denied by De Gea making a worldie of a save? Um, you wouldn't put it past him to suddenly up his levels this weekend and put in another great performance. But then I think fans have been expecting that from him week in, week out over the course of the season. It just hasn't happened. And we've seen this season with Liverpool how much difference a confident keeper can make to his side with Alisson. So that's probably made uh, United's defence that little bit shakier. Um, just going through their injury list, there are so many of them defenders. Um, they've been playing midfielders in defence. I think uh, we've seen Matic there, we've seen McTominay there. Yeah. McTominay's out for this weekend as well. You just don't know what back four they're going to put out. They're probably in a worse state than Liverpool, ignoring the form just on who's available. So that's obviously what you want to target because um, whilst United's attack is still a bit hit and miss, Lukaku, the record by, has not really been in the side. He's not really scoring goals, whereas Liverpool's front three, everyone knows what it's going to be. Everyone knows what they're going to do. Um, if they can get the job, the midfield can perform. There is that chance there for Liverpool to really do United over. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Are we being complacent, Connor? Um, I wouldn't say Klopp would be. No, but I think, are we as, as, are we as, as fans? fans and supporters, are we, are we guilty of perhaps... Just I mean, thinking how many can Liverpool put past United this Sunday? Perhaps in the same way that we looked at Napoli as the team that Liverpool, the other team in the group yeah. that Liverpool were going to beat alongside Red Star and actually turned out to be a really difficult challenge. Ancelotti's serious manager, Mourinho's serious manager, they're still united at the end of the day. Um, and as Theo said earlier, that Mourinho knows exactly what this means to mm-hmm. him, Man United, and they will be up for this. So perhaps and we're looking at it too fondly because the Liverpool versus Man United game is the Liverpool versus Man United game, isn't it? It's one of the games of the season. And it's those ones you always talk about where you just take it as an individual game rather than one of the games in the season because United will see this as a massive win despite it only being three points. It's, it's just the difference, isn't it? So maybe, yeah, perhaps you're having a little bit mm. too glass-eyed or as you want to say. What do you think, James? Do you think there's any complacency from Liverpool going into this? Perhaps not from the players, but certainly... No, from... I don't think... Not complacency. I think just a realisation of where Liverpool are at as a team at the moment in contrast to Man United. 
a more of a belief, I think. You know, I think mm-hmm. I don't think anyone with half a brain would think Liverpool are going to steamroll a Man United on Sunday because I don't think that's particularly realistic. Just because, you know, as we said before, United are now where Liverpool were 15, 20 years ago when, you know, this, this you know, the, one of their big goals of the season is to try and throw a spanner in the works. You know, Liverpool used to try and do it. They did it successfully, wrecked a couple of yeah. title challenges of the United and, you know, how United would absolutely love to do that. You know, they're players, the fans and, and Mourinho especially. Um, so I think it'll be tight, but I think, you know, there's no, there's no reason to like, we don't need to talk up United too much because we've seen enough this season to know that they are massively vulnerable. I think the biggest difference in them this season is defensively. Um, well, they conceded 26, is it? 26 league goals already or something ridiculous? I think, you think Liverpool have conceded six. <laughs> it's, it's pretty unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and they've, they've gone, they've, they've conceded three, or, like, just conceded three at least, like, four or five times already this season. Um, and, and then at the other end, you know, I think, well, they had that decent win, didn't they, over Fulham? And, yeah. um, you know, I think, did someone say it was the first time they scored three at Old Trafford mm. for, like, nearly a calendar year or something, which, again, is just unbelievable, isn't it? When you, mm when you think of, you know, the calibre of the players they've got, because they've still got good players. And that's that's the one thing that you do worry about, the fact that if, if Mourinho gets them set up in a way where he can negate Liverpool's threat, then they still have attacking players who, who can do you damage. The, well, after everything I've said, do they still have good players? Because I look through their team and I think, are they quite as good? Is there anyone there in that team that you, you'd be taking and saying, I'd have him at Liverpool? Not in ter- no, not in terms of the starting lineup because Liverpool are so so strong at the moment. But they've still got players who would. They're not bad players. No. but I'm not. I don't think you look through their team and think there's anyone that you think, wow, you know what, Pogba no. probably should be, but yeah. but doesn't. But I mean, look, look, I know Lukaku hasn't been great this no. season, but he's an example of he scored a ridiculous number of goals for someone who's still relatively young. Um, you know, he he has the ability to. You know, if he turns it on, he could be a match winner for them. Rashford as well. Um, you know, he's a, he's he's such a gifted young player, and I know we said is Marshall likely to be out? Did we say? Yeah, he's likely he, to be out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I mean, again, couple. you know, again, I've, you know, we've seen times from him this season. If he does make it, he, he's another one. So they they do. I know what you mean. They don't. It's it's not the like it. It's not the United of old by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination, is it? When you and midfield wise, they, they do look very pedestrian. Like I think mm-hmm. Matic just looks an absolute pale shadow of the player he used to be. Herrera. You know, I don't. You know, we sometimes talk about Liverpool lacking a bit of dynamism in midfield, but it's you know there's, there's light years difference between them really at the moment. Um, mm. It'll just be interesting to see what Klopp goes with because I think I think he will freshen things up in there. Um, you know, I hope I hope we see Fabinho and Cater back back in there come Sunday. Don't give too much of your starting lineup away because we will go through it. We'll debate that in detail just a little bit later. Theo, if I'd have said to you a year ago that Liverpool will have been top of the league having conceded six goals and United would have been seventh or eighth, seventh? Seventh, I think. Having, oh, no, con- six, 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 yeah. having conceded 26 goals. You'd have laughed at me, wouldn't you? I'd have thought uh, David De Gea would have left in the summer and they'd be starting Lee Grant or something like <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, so so long when they haven't been performing. Like I said earlier, the goalkeeper has been the strength for them and it's just fallen apart this season in spectacular fashion. I've seen a few um, combined 11s this week. And the pundits are still going for De Gea and that. I find that absurd. The way they're playing this season. Surely Allison's got to be the goalkeeper there. He's arguably on this current form the best in the world. Yeah. Do you think how much does that say about the job Klopp's done at Liverpool? Because this year, to take Liverpool from being the very, very good side last year, 
to this next level, it's to me, it's only enhanced his reputation even further. Yeah, massively. Obviously, you saw Liverpool playing some extremely good football last year and it was just at the back where they needed to strengthen. And lo and behold, he's brought in an unbelievable sign in Alisson, who you could put a massive case for being the best sign in the summer for any team in the league. Um, obviously, Kaiser arriving, Fabinho arriving, they start to grow into the games a little bit as well. It just looks to have added more dynamism in Liverpool's midfield, Shakiri too. And yeah, he's added quality to what was already a really high quality setup. And it just obviously speaks volumes about what he's done at Liverpool and what he's continuing to do. Um, just a slight note on the goalkeeper and the De Gea issue that we've obviously been talking about. Mm. I know that Man United's expected like goals last year um, or the last Didn't couple of like years. Christian, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's true. So the they've been expected to let in a lot more than they have. So yeah. it just basically has been on either a worldly block or an incredible save. Yeah. And it's just kind of come down to a level where it's more like the expected goals are going in now. Yeah. So it's not, he's not performing over and above what is expected to. And I think that's just a natural path that a lot of players take. Yeah. But yeah, it seems to have happened at the right time for Liverpool. Yeah. There was a horrible howler, wasn't there, against Arsenal? Yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah, He's got the odd mistake in there too. Yeah, James... I don't think it matters where United are in the league. Any win over United does your confidence a world of good, especially when you're chasing a title. I think back to the David Moyes season when it, when Liverpool went to Old Trafford and, and blew them away there. It felt like it only intensified that, that run towards what was all right. They just missed out on the title, but it, it didn't half give them a massive confidence boost, did it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was probably one of my favourite trips to Old Trafford, to be honest. That was... Because Liverpool absolutely... You know, took took United to the cleaners that can, day. I'm just trying to was, picture you in the press box. That was, day. Um, didn't Gerard miss a penalty as well? He could yeah. have had a hat trick of penalties. Yeah, he hit the post, he? didn't he? The um and and like yeah, I just remember Rodgers basking in the glory of that, and it, it was brilliant because it, 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 Old Trafford. It's like a little, it's like a little theatre room where they do the press mm-hmm. conference afterwards. And I think my favourite quote of Rodgers that day was he came out and said it was United Stadium, their fans, but it was our ball. And it was that the way is, he that said is it. Rogers. Yeah, he had that one. And, and do you know what the best you. thing was? That one even true. Liverpool had like thirty-five possession, <laughs> but everyone was like, "Ah, oh, what a what a quote, what a quote." And it was it was a great quote, even though it just completely didn't stack up with reality because no. Liverpool just absolutely killed United on the counter. That guy's um, a t-shirt if they win the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter what kind of what you know because this, again, it goes back to because Liverpool have suffered at the hands of United yeah. so often, haven't they? Yeah. For yeah, for for most of my lifetime, you know, easily like, all of my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I, I do remember like the mid, mid to late eighties. And then, you know, when, obviously when you're a kid, then you just think that's going to last forever. You, don't you? You were a kid then? I was actually yeah. a kid then. Um, and because no, 1990, October, 1990 was my first ever trip to Anfield. I've seen the pictures. And, um, I remember my, cause my dad bought me a scarf and mm. I remember it's still, I've still got it now. And it says Liverpool 18 times champions of England. And I remember saying to him on the way home, Oh, it's going to be out of date before we know it, you know, because so it's I your should, fault. yeah, I shouldn't Jeez. have. And sadly, <laughs> twenty-eight years on, still from, got the scarf. Like, it's still it's still in date. And if Liverpool win the title this season, I buy you a new scarf. Oh, that I'll hold you to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll hold you to that. I'll definitely buy. Um, but uh, yeah, and you know, and United have been responsible for 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 a lot of those painful experiences in mm. the long period in between so yeah it doesn't make any difference I don't care whether Mourinho's up front or whatever on, <laughs> on Sunday afternoon regardless of what 11 players are out there it won't make any difference to the, the feeling of satisfaction if Liverpool do keep this uh, great run going it's like a psychological thing isn't it against your rivals they 
Speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of the podcast there. Just agree with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> you always want to get that local bragging rights, um, silence them, um, especially when we've had all those memories of Liverpool losing to United, watching them uh, lifting the trophies that Liverpool have become accustomed to lifting. The famous Ferguson quote of, I'll do the, uh, the child-friendly version here, knocking them off their perch. Um, Sorry, you can swear. You can swear. No one bot. No one mind. <laughs> Potty mouth you are. And it's our Christmas night out too. Yeah. So. That Alison Save deserved a swear word the other day. No, no excuse. No, it's a family excuse. show. The thing is though, Christian <laughs> puts the little stars in. But everyone knows what he means. No one's reading that going, I wonder what, what he could mean there. So I just made it more simple. There was a little 12-year-old reading that going, oh, I wonder what he means. Yeah. Just what, mommy, what's what, this what man a, saying? What a flipping good save. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe that's what he meant. But anyway, yes, right. We were all talking about memories, so let's move on to memories. Uh, James, we will come back to you. You obviously talked about that 3-0. But um, what are your two or three top Manchester United victory memories? Both as a professional, as a reporter in your time reporting on Liverpool and as a, as a fan perhaps going. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it, it wasn't actually a victory, but one of my favourite goals against United was actually the Coutinho one in the Europa oh, League. That, that was second the leg at Old Trafford. Was... Just because, it, I think, just because of the context of it, wasn't mm. it? Because United were having such a good spell and it was yeah. just before half-time. They'd gone 1-0 up. Suddenly, you know, you, they all felt that the, the tie had completely swung their way. And then just with the, the dynamic of things with the away goals in Europe, it was like someone had just turned off turned off the noise, wasn't it? And it was strange. It was, it was, yeah. the, it was the longest I've ever celebrated a goal. Yeah. It was for I, like 20 minute celebration. Yeah. So I I must admit, I absolutely love that one. Yeah. Because yeah, that was that was special in terms of the of, of impact. On a scale um, of one to ten, how loud does the pier squeal? Yeah, it was a nine that night. That was a nine, yeah. 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 Um I'm trying to think yeah, what other ones? I mean Probably like the Danny Murphy, one of the Danny Murphy oh, ones, yeah. you know. The 2001, the little dink. Yeah. Again, you know, that was times when, you know, it was roles reversed in terms of this Sunday, wasn't it? You know, you mm. you go in there to try and give them a bloodied nose. and To be fair, and, not so. Oh, I suppose two of the, two two of of the those, three. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, must admit, I absolutely love, I absolutely love these games. Um, and then on the, you know, the other, on the other side of the coin, Probably was it the last one time we went there under Rogers? The three 0 the one yeah. I just mentioned. Oh, that, I mean that was that was absolutely horrendous, wasn't it? Mm. Um, and yeah, there's like I think there's, there's no there's no better place to win than Old Trafford, but there's probably few worse places to lose. Theo, um, a few years ago I'd have probably said the four one, but I think the fact that we've been gifted um, thirteen fourteen side and this side last year and this year from club that that one's not really. I'm not really as fond of it now because ultimately it meant nothing. United still won the title there ahead of Liverpool. So I'm thinking back to probably the early Julio ones, the Danny Murphy moments. I'm really fond of the uh, Peter Crouch one in the FA Cup. Yeah, that's Liverpool good going one. on yeah. to win it that yeah. year. Those are the ones you've got to be fond of, the ones that now mean something, which I suppose shows how much Liverpool have grown in recent seasons. It's not just about silence and United. It's about getting that end result. Um, obviously, Europa League one uh, went all the way to the final. Um going into that game the one at Anfield especially expecting a really tough game and there was such a relief I remember uh, watching the game when the first goal went in and then our oh, 2-0 should be comfortable now and like you said about the celebrations Coutinho just silencing at Old Trafford um, so yeah they're probably not the traditional ones we're used to suggesting but it shows how far Liverpool have grown Connor what can I add to that Jay 
Reese's free kick. Reese's free kick. David yeah. and Gog. There you go. David and Gog. Someone. I'll tell you my one, which I think is often forgotten about the Worthington Worthington Cup final in two thousand three. Yeah, I was there that day. It was the roof was on. It was one of the best atmospheres I think I've ever been in, and and Liverpool pretty much got battered for ninety minutes, but went up the other end and scored a couple of great goals, and it was. Um, a great moment in a pretty poor season all around, but yeah, there is nothing like beating United. I think the derby is the only the only game that I'd say winning is is better in. So let's finish off with um, picking our team. Um, we pretty much know the back four, don't we? I think uh, I don't expect Klopp to play Milner. Yeah, uh, I mean, to play clients. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's the only the only slight doubt is whether whether he decides to throw Klein in. But you'd have thought would. The fact he's been injured of late, you know, I know he's back, been back training this this week, but yeah, as Theo said earlier on, I think you'd have to be concerned about his kind of lack of match fitness for a game of this magnitude. So, yeah, I think it would have to be Milner, Lovren, Van Dijk, and Robertson at the back. I don't think you're going to find any arguments around the room, are you? No, you're not. No, no. So, okay, the midfield. Do you all want to go four-two-three-one or four-three-three or something else, Theo? I reckon 4-3-3. 4-3-3, Connor? 4-2-3-1. 4-2-3-1, James? I don't mind either way, to be honest. No? I think it could work either way. So go on, we'll start with you, Theo. If you're going 4-3-3, who's your three? Um, this is the sort of game where I want Jordan Henderson to start in. Yeah? Um, I probably put Cater in, and it's going to be harsh on Fabinho, but I put Wijnaldum in there as well. Okay. Connor, 4-2-3-1. Who makes up your five? Say so, Fabinho, Henderson... As the two. As the two, yeah. And then Keita, Shakiri, and Mino. No Mane. Mane's going to play up top, surely. Salah. Four, two. What am I doing? Four, two, you're three, playing one. with 12 men, yeah. that's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have a go. No. Um, hang on, I've completely lost my train the, of four. Uh, this, is, the, this is your strangest selection since you had Keita at left wing back. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the, t- the tough that, part about the force. Yeah, yeah, come back to yeah. this. I'll come back to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> James, which one are you playing and who are you playing it? I, I think the, I would have Fabino and Wijnaldum. Yeah. And then I think the only dilemma is whether you play 4-3-3 and have Keita as the third one in midfield or 4-2-3-1 and have Shakiri on the right and then... Firmino and Salah through the middle, and obviously mm-hmm. Mane left. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's a that's a toss up for me. I don't. Either way, I'd be I'd be happy with that. I'd probably go for four three three, just because I think we've seen that in the bigger games. And I, th- I think Firmino should play. I think I think he he's, he does well at setting the tone. He wins tackles quite high up the pitch. So I'd probably go for Firmino, Wijnaldum and Cater. With Milner because he's got to play it right back. Yeah. Henderson played a quite a tiring game in midweek. Yeah. Connor, have you had a thought about yours? Any <laughs> yeah. seven in midfield, eight in midfield? Go on. James helped me a lot then. I'm going to play three at the back. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, yeah, as you say, Fabino, I really rate Fabino and I think he played really well at Bournemouth. Him and Katie play really well together. Um, I'm obviously playing Manny Fabino and Salah up yeah, top. Yeah. So. so, Fabino and Cater as you two. Yeah. It's an exciting lineup. I think a lot of people would probably agree with that. So, um, up front, we obviously don't need to discuss because I think we're all happy on that. So let's go for predictions. Um, we'll end with James's because I want to see how many he's put in the <laughs> end of it. Connor, start with you. 3 0. 3 0. Yeah. Theo? 2 0. 2 0. James? 3 1 Liverpool. 3 1. So 1 0 Liverpool. I think they'll make it a little bit harder than we're expecting. But I hope we're all right and I hope they've got the win. Um, right. We will see you on Monday. 
after we've enjoyed our Christmas night. Hopefully a win over over Manchester United to look back on and um, another busy week ahead for the Reds. It's a wrap. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.